y'all. Welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations, a podcast where I have intimate conversations with women of color on my couch. I hope you can hear the excitement I have in my voice today because I have one of my favorite people on. Today we will discuss um, music, um, inspiration, inspiring women, of course, like we always do. We will discuss what we have, um, if that makes sense, but it will later on. And we will discuss marriage and what that means to us as two married women. I'm your host, Jasmine W., and I have a very special guest today. She's a writer, composer, and performer born in the Virgin Islands and has lived most of her life in California. She has a degree in creative writing from UC Santa Barbara and works as a commercial copywriter. She's currently writing a non fiction novel about travel, spiritual experiences, and family heritage. Oh, sounds so exciting. Her studio album, Ego Trip, is streaming everywhere and available in limited edition vinyl on her website, www.aliciawesterman.com. I also love her lovely movement videos that she posts regularly on Instagram. This is my friend and fellow creator, Alicia Westerman. Hello, Jasmine. It's so nice to see you again. Oh, it's so good to see you. Alicia and I met in acting class, y'all. We just clicked. It's something about when you meet somebody who you just click with. And I, 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 I really value when I meet people I just click with because it doesn't happen very often, you know? I know. And, and people you click with in L.A. that actually want to hang out because we <laughs> actually have actually hung out. We've actually hung out. Two Pisces, so we speak the same language of emotion. Facts. And you know what I appreciate about you? And this is something that I had to learn growing as a woman. But one thing that Alicia unapologetically does is when she can't hang out or doesn't feel like it, she'll say, not today. She'd be like, you know what? I know we had plans today. I know we were supposed to come over. We were supposed to talk today, but not today. Can we reschedule? Girl, I feel you. We need to learn to do that more. I know not everyone, not everyone works that way. And I think some of us who are sensitive and feelings are subject to change, feel like we have to keep up with maybe some of those earth signs who are like, we made a plan, we're sticking to it. And that's not how we do things. Yes, it's not. Sometimes you just don't feel like doing it. And especially, I don't know if it's because we're Pisces, but sometimes Pisces, I've learned not to make plans too far ahead either. Look, I can make a plan two weeks out with my therapist. That's it. Everything else is like six days max. And girl, and sometimes you don't even feel like going to the therapist, but you're not going to cancel because you can't get that feedback. I panic when people are like, what are you doing next Monday? I'm like, I don't fucking know. What? I don't know. What's the state of the universe next Monday? I'll find out next Monday. Okay. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited about this conversation. Y'all don't even understand how we be connecting. Um, Okay. Well, we always start off the episode with a quote of the day. And Alicia, you know this quote because you picked it. It is those that don't got it can't show it. Those that got it can't hide it by Zora Neale Hurston, an American author. I didn't know she was an anthropologist um, and she's a filmmaker. She's 
portrayed racial struggles in the early 1900s American South and published research on hoodoo, which I did not know. <laughs> uh, but the most popular of her four novels is Their Eyes Were Watching God, published in 1937. And I hope you've read it. I think most of us have. Um, Alicia, what does this quote mean to you? Well, it's interesting. You know, I was going through a bunch of quotes and a lot of them were really long. A lot of them were by writers. But this one popped out because, well, one, my mom had put it in a birthday card to me recently, which I thought was so sweet. Wow. And, um, and she gave me the book that it's from as well. But two, it's about energy. Mm. You know, it's about like the truth that can't be denied, you know, within Mm. Um, and it's simple and it says a lot. It does. And it can speak to anybody differently. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think it's about reading people, reading energy, um, and knowing kind of like in the bigger sense, like if you have it, right? Like if you are tapped in to your sort, your truth Mm. or not. And, you know, we live in a place where a lot of people are kind of faking it. Um, but you know, you, you, when, when you're, when you're living in your authenticity, you can see that stuff pretty easily, but it's also a good way to check myself. You know, am I, am I in my zone or not? Am I faking something or am I Mm -hmm. leaving with authenticity? What is it that you have? This kid, this question can mean so many different things. So I want you to answer it however you want to answer it, but I'd love to know what is it that you have that's like undeniable? Um, well, if I were, to, you know, it's hard for us to see ourselves, describe ourselves sometimes, but people often tell me that they see a light in me or like a light from me. I would say that that is just my inner joy. It's my inner joy. It's my inner child. Yeah. And I think just no matter what's happened to me in my life that I have managed to preserve that or simply that she's just very resilient and keep showing up and keeps being sort of my best North star. That's interesting that you say um, people see your inner child in you because I would not have used that particular term to describe you before today because, you know, it's not something that I would think about, but that is something that I see in you. Like from the first time that I met you, there is this like youth about you and it's everything that's outside on the outside but also something coming from within that you're just so comfortable in your skin and you're so outspoken you know and you're so transparent it's just something it's very childlike because kids are like that you know they just end up saying whatever they feel Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find there's a reminder I have in my phone I have it go off like once a week I think maybe every Monday or every six days or so often and it says trust what you have is special and great. Yes. And it's just a re- like, I could get a little emotional thinking about this reminder that goes off in my phone every week because it's just that little, you can't deny what you have. Nobody can deny it. It's yours. It's special. It's great. And yeah. that's what this quote reminded me of. So that's, that's cool. I love that. And, you know, when I think of why that might cause emotion, I think it's because we spend a lot of our time feeling the opposite. Yeah. I mean, we're constantly brainwashed to think the opposite. So it's not just us. It's not our fault. 
Well, we are, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it is too about, you say we're brainwashed to think the opposite. We're also brainwashed to tell other people that that's not true about themselves when it actually is. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. like, <laughs> we were talking about TikTok before this. I mean, the kids on TikTok really think that they hella positive. Okay. Like, like you're not, <laughs> I, t- I keep telling you to um, start a TikTok for your um, movement videos, but the kids on TikTok, they'd be like, oh, yes, you're wonderful. This is great. You're wonderful. You're amazing. And then when you have something that's honest, but not really super positive to say, like, no, nah, I'm not really feeling that. That doesn't that doesn't look that good. They'd be like, how dare you? <laughs> that's like, funny because, you know, most people don't really. What's the, the, the average age TikTok users? 20s? Teens? I would say younger than that. I would say the average user, I don't know the data on it, but just from using the app myself, there's a lot of people of different ages on there, but I would say anywhere from like nine to 18 or something like that. Well, let's talk to them in 20 years and see what, what they would put on TikTok. Girl. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's later in life that you learn to embrace your vulnerability, that you actually start dealing with your trauma, unless... I don't know, unless there's nine-year-olds who are lucky enough to be in therapy. Some of them need to be. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, you haven't even gone through anything. Exactly. Or you haven't processed it and you won't for many, many, many years. Because I'm telling you, I I started journaling in third grade and have kept a daily journal since. I'm big on self-reflection. I'm big on self-work. I love working on myself. That's like my hobby for life. I am just now getting to stuff that has affected me my whole life that I had no idea. So, you know, if, if you're 10 and you're just like, be positive, that's great. Stick with that. See how, see how that works out for you. Is it frustrating to work on yourself for so long and never be done? I don't think it's frustrating to never be done. I think I'm probably hooked on it now and it's Mm. probably some problem of mine that that it's probably problematic that I always want to be fixing myself in some way, but really it's about loving myself more, more fully. I think what's frustrating is as I work through trauma from childhood, from twenties, whatever, seeing all the ways that it's held me back. Cause I've wanted the same thing since I was young. And so mm. seeing all these puzzle pieces and being like, God, darn it, I really, I could have been further along. Now, my astrology chart says, no, you're a late bloomer, you're right on schedule. But as someone who's wanted the same things for a very long time, that's the frustrating part. Yeah, I could see how that could be frustrating. But there, you know what, there is so much power in accepting exactly where you are and being so thankful for exactly where you are right now. You know, if you don't bask in the moment of right now more you will be constantly thinking about you know what you could have done because I could be thinking of a girl could I be thinking about that if I had just stopped if I had just done comedy if I had just got my head on if I had just listened girl I'd be- I know I know so yeah the, the whole self-acceptance be yourself accept yourself love yourself it sounds so simple and there's so many layers to it and embracing the now, embracing where you're at. I am constantly learning all over again how to do that every day. Well, that's good. I hope everybody listening is taking a note because gems are being dropped right now. I don't know if y'all picking these up, but (laughs) 
Okay, let's let's move into our random questions because I would love to get to know you a bit more. And y'all know we always start off with random questions. This is one of my favorite parts about the podcast because I don't know what it is about me. I just like to ask random questions to get to know people. So the first one I have is, tell me about one way you've grown within the last year. Oh my gosh. It's been one hell of a year. So I would say the one, <clears throat> one way I've grown the a lot is through movement and dance practices. Last May, I was in a hit and run and I was okay, but I was pretty hurt. Mm. And I really started to look at my system because it really affected my mind, you know, and I really had to start easing up on how much I pile on my plate. I had to learn to give myself space, both my body which was compacted from the impact and needed space, not massage, not all this stuff to fix it, just space yes. to unwind. But also in my mental world, in my emotional world, where I just give a lot or absorb a lot or just consume too much, you know, information and media and interacting with friends mm -hmm. and my relationship. So I have had to learn to do less, to, to be still, to be quiet, and one way that, that has been helpful is dance movement, somatic movement, therapeutic movement, because it helps your mind shut off and your body kind of take over. So you drop in more to your, your, your embodied self, which is when you're embodied, you're cooler, you're in flow, you have like the words on the tip of your tongue, like you're just in the group. You're in the group. You do a lot of um, the movement videos online, but when you are out and you're having a good time and you happen to be somewhere social and dancing, are you? do you feel as free? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, if the moment, if the vibe is right. Yeah, I've yeah. always loved dancing. Um, sometimes I might feel a little shy, but no. DJ and one cocktail, like, I'm not a big drinker, but I love mm -hmm. being on the dance floor. I'm goofy. I'm, you know, my, my Instagram videos are much more thoughtful and emotional yes. on the dance floor i'm just like put on some prints you know i had the funniest conversation with a girlfriend because we were at this kind of she's a comedian we were at this house party this was last year and we said or i whispered to her look around the room the people dancing who are the most free have their arms above their head yes but have you ever noticed that's not how a lot of black black women dance like we're we're so we're, we keep our arms down here. We keep our arms below because we are not free, girl. It takes freedom to put your arms above your head. If your arms are above your head, you're either being told put your hands above your head or you're not afraid of getting shot, period. Uh, people don't, people not going to understand how real that is. They're not. They're just not. Well, isn't it interesting how wise the body is? how people's body language is telling you so much about their life and who they are. Do you dance on, do you let loose on the dance floor? I don't. I always said I'm not a good dancer. I've said this before on the, on the podcast, but when I'm in a room full of white people, I'm one of the greatest dancers. When I'm in a room full of black people, I sit my ass down. Oh yeah. If I'm like at an event at like the California African American Museum, I'm a wallflower. <laughs> I'm just like so many magical creatures. I feel like an idiot. No, yeah, I'll just be bopping on the side. Yeah, <laughs> you are me, girl. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Well, the next question, what's the last stupid thing you bought? Oh man, some things 
seemed smart at the time, like concert tickets, but I will say the last <laughs> actual literal stupid thing I bought, I bought a huge bag of barbecue chips that says for sharing on it. Who am I going to share them with? You just there. Nobody. <laughs> Well, your husband is in the Virgin Islands with your family, right? So you there alone and you bought a big, did you eat all the chips? I'm slowly working my way through. I think I might try to give them to a neighbor or something. You know what? Why would a neighbor take your chips at a time like this, Alicia? <laughs> Pity. <laughs> to help me. Oh my goodness. She says she might try to give away her chips. I'm done. You could, you could, one thing I have done in the past is put, two separate baggies, bag them up and drop them off at the homeless person. It doesn't matter if they're asleep, awake, just drop there the chips go. there. They'll get eaten. There you go. That's a good idea. But at a time like this, I'm not, I'm just gonna be real with you. I'm not taking your chips. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What meal reminds you of home? And I wanted to ask you this because you grew up in SoCal, so there might be influence there, but there also might be influence from where you were born too, so. Yeah, I feel like I have more than one answer to that question. So as far as I'm, I'm from St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands, and I would say anytime I'm here and I can get a good oxtail, stewed oxtail mm. or stewed goat, curried goat, I go for it. That reminds me of home. My dad, I was talking to my dad, he had made oxtail and I was like yeah you know I'm a West Indian it's like 90 degrees out and I ordered spicy curry goat because that's my comfort food bro I do not blame you me and my husband you know we don't eat meat but that's the number one thing he misses oxtail really yes and I'm not even I don't even really I think he dated a girl that was from the Caribbean for a little bit like in college so I'm like I don't care about you and your damn oxtail. Like I could. It's so good. It's good though, yeah. And then, you know, also, you know, growing up in LA, I just feel like Mexican food. If I'm ever far away, that's the thing I notice that I can't get unless I'm in Mexico. Yeah. It's just not the same as it is in LA. And, you know, this is, it used to be Mexico. So <laughs> we have good that, Mexican food. Facts. Have you ever, okay, I've never even had, and I think about it all the time, and you know, I don't eat meat for environmental reasons, but I think the next time we go to Mexico, I might try these. It's the tacos that, like, are the tortillas flipped in the red sauce, and then you dip them in, like, the beef juice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, no, but they're so, it's like the amount of things that they do with, like, 10 ingredients is amazing. Like, oh. the the different variations that you get. So you dip it in like- It's like a red beef juice that the beef is cooked in. And so they dip the tortilla in that and then they pan sear it. And then they put the beef from the stew in the taco with cheese, onion, whatever. And then they take the taco with the cup on the side of the beef juice. It's all red and everything. And you dip it in there. So good. Girl, When I, it looks, so many people make them on TikTok. Like there are so many Latina moms on TikTok making my stomach growl every day. What's the, what is this thing? I need to find out what this is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even want to say it's like, I don't even know. It, it might be a barilla taco, like barilla. Birria is um actually traditionally it's goat. It's like, um looked, uh, looks almost like pulled pork or something. It's like lots of pieces. Yeah, it looks like pulled beef. How, how are we going try to get Mexican people out of here. Why would we do that? That's so, it's disrespectful. It's just rude. <laughs> okay, well, my last question is, 
what is the last thing you created? Well, the last thing I created that has seen the light of day, I would just say probably one of my dance videos. I, I haven't posted it yet. It's, um, I'm moving to vinyl recording of Ima Sumac, who is a famous Peruvian exotica singer. And I'm in like this vintage looking bathing suit. And it's just like, it's very fun and it's very theatrical. And I have a secret Instagram and I posted it. I posted some videos on there, but I haven't posted the real one because I'm like in a bathing suit. And I'm like, okay, I just have to be mentally ready to put <laughs> Girl, you're mentally, mentally and physically ready. Well, you may not be mentally ready, but you're physically ready, okay? So... <laughs> I used to come into acting class with the cutest, like what looked like vintage clothes. It's, you know, from different eras every week. You're just adorable. You're very Tracy Ross, uh, Tracy Ross Ellis-esque. Thank you. You know- what? Is it Tracy Ellis Ross? Tracy Ellis Ross, okay, Tracy Ellis Ross. A few, yeah, I love a few friends will like form me stuff and be like, she reminds me of you. And I'm like, thank you. Yes, I have an <laughs> icon. I have some, cause when, you know what's so funny? Before anyone probably ever knew who she was, when I was a little girl, people used to tell me that I reminded them of Diana Ross. Really? Like when I had big, long hair. So that's funny that now people say, maybe we're related. Maybe I'm a secret daughter. Girl, I hope. I think if you were a secret daughter, you know, maybe her daddy might be some kin to you. <laughs> but if you came out of Diana Ross, we would all know it. Um <laughs> Okay, y'all. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some trending topics, including Twitter debating over Little Kim, Nicki Minaj, L.A. County looking to reopen OMG and Snoop Dogg's wife. So let's take a quick break. Hey y'all, welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. I'm here with my good friend and creator, Alicia Westerman, and we are going to talk about some trending topics, okay? The first one is, I'm not sure if you heard about this, and you probably haven't, Alicia, because you are way high above all of this mess, but I'm not. Um, Twitter and social media have been debating over Little Kim and Nicki Minaj for a couple of weeks now. It started, well, you know the versus battles that are happening. Do you know about those? Are they battling now in in quarantine era? Yeah, so have you heard about, um, I'd hate it that you, if you missed this, but it started with Babyface and Teddy Riley. They got on Instagram Live and they played all of their hits. Wait, wasn't that the one where there was no sound? <laughs> Stay focused. Yeah, yes, it was. Well, they had to reschedule. And when they rescheduled, they had some tef- technical difficulties. But it, all in all, it was a wonderful experience. I heard it was legendary. It was. Then there was Erica Badu and Jill Scott. Right, 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 right. Have you missed these? Yeah, people have been sending me them. And I've, <laughs> I've been kind of checked out a bit. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a and lot. there's a lot of exciting things happening. And I feel like I need to go back and watch this stuff. You might, I don't know if you're able to, but you might be able to. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube and stuff. There's people who screen screen record it, but it it won't won't be the the same, same, right? No, Um, I know. Okay, well, there's Ludacris and Nelly that happened as well. And they get online and these hip hop guys who think they know what the hell they're talking about really all the time about everything. It all started when Usher said that Nikki 
could not battle Little Kim or they could not go toe to toe musically because Nicki Minaj is a product of Little Kim. Now I'm asking you this because we're women, you know, you're a musician and I'm sure that there are women or other musicians that you respect and admire, but how do we balance respecting them and in some way also, you know, giving them credit for inspiring us, but but also kind of considering them peers? Cause I kind of feel like Usher said, because Kim came before you, your music cannot measure up to hers, which, uh, is that the right way to think about it? I think, okay, I think what Usher meant was that maybe that Nikki's so derivative of Little Kim that it would be like something compared to its echo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is what he meant. There wouldn't really be a competition. That being said, you know, when you're talking about <clears throat> popular music artists, huge artists, they're, they're so much more than an artist. They're also a product. They're an entity. And so it's just not quite the same as like, I made this thing on my own and I'm here up on this like dive bar stage. It's just a different thing. Yeah. You know, there's so much engineering that goes into, you know, maybe not in the days when little Kim was coming up, but now, I mean, everything's so engineered. Mm. That being said, I'm reading this book about creativity and mental illness <clears throat> or more specifically hypergraphia which is the compulsion to write which i actually have this this disorder quote unquote Whoa. um yeah it's about an overwhelming desire to communicate and it shows up not just in writing but um mm -hmm. and they were talking about <clears throat> she mentions this author alice flaherty She's talking about how beauty replicates itself, how people in the same peer group, in certain pods, artists in certain eras, they, okay, imitate each other, feed off of each other, iterate. And maybe that was not such a taboo thing back when, you know, it was like a tribe and now there's a lot of competition and everyone wants to be on the top of the chart. And so it becomes, it becomes an issue for people <clears throat> when someone's being derivative. Mm. Do you think it's an issue? I mean, when we're talking about pop music, whatever, there's so much compromise anyways. And it's a miracle that anything actually makes it out feeling whole and touching people. Is how mm. I feel sometimes. You have to really fight. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've watched <sighs> Beychella just since quarantine, <laughs> you know, because it's this original creation. Even that is drawing on so many influences. Yeah. So I don't know. Originality for me is not really a problem. I don't know how to be anything but extremely original. There is no blueprint for me. There's no, oh, I'm like that. I'm going to be like that. I just can't do it. Yeah. And I love referencing the people who've inspired me because I've, it's always a departure and evolution from whatever I've taken like taken as inspiration. That's so interesting that you said it's very natural for us to see one thing, be inspired by it. And it's very, like, it can be very natural to be inspired by it so much that you are an echo of the original or another person, you know? I like to say that about my comedy, right? Like there are parts of Martin Lawrence you should see in my comedy. There are parts of Dave Chappelle that I hope that you see a reflection of. There are parts of my dad. And 
if I was ever compared to any of those people comedically, I would be so overwhelmingly happy and flattered. But I'm, I'm wondering like if somebody said you can't be compared to them because you are a product of them, I, I guess I also wouldn't be offended either. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, <laughs> you know, um, but a lot of people got offended by the fact that Usher said that about Nikki. And then I also thought, well, you know, just because she's maybe an echo of little Kim, like why couldn't they be compared, you know, but I don't know. I was wondering your take. From an anthro- from an anthropological point of view in, in 50 years and a hundred years, it will be important to put them side by side and see the similarities and differences and departures. Now it's more of a ego thing. That's that's actually even more powerful, right? Because yeah, in 50 years, if you're studying music, you will put them side by side. Yeah. And hopefully, um, you know, nobody will argue about that. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to keep the pop culture theme going because we're neither one of us is if you're watching this on YouTube and you will see that we're not wearing any wedding rings right now because that's not what married women do at home. I don't know if y'all know. Um, But Snoop Dogg's wife posted a meme on Instagram that got a lot of attention. It was reposted by The Shade Room and it said, don't ask me for marriage advice. I took that nigga back 81 times as a married woman because I'm married. I chose this because uh, being married is so complicated. It's very complicated. So how do you feel about this statement? You know, I'm seeing something happen out there. Mature women who no longer have to keep their mouths shut are being more open in celebrity relationships are being more open. I think, you know, no one wants to ruin the image, but it's kind of getting past that point. I think of Jada Pinkett Smith on her Instagram just being like, I had to stop worrying about what Will was doing and focus on myself. Mm. that's kind of a roundabout way but I find it fascinating I'm also like really 81 did you count there's something so (laughs) interesting about the fact that she said that on social media I think of Lemonade an album with the perfect model black couple where the woman dedicates an entire album to her processing her husband being unfaithful to her there's something really interesting about that and it's you know it feels different than what you know, I think there's just been like a tight-lipped stance up until now and that vulnerability is becoming more part of the culture. So and as far as taking him back, I mean, that's a whole nother matter. <laughs> the fact that she said it is what I like. Facts, you know, I do love this conversation because without this conversation, I think that I would blindly be the type of person, the type of woman, the type of wife who would say if my husband ever ever cheated on me absolutely i would leave him but me being a married woman now and being very mature and i would like to say for the record i don't believe my husband has ever cheated on me um but in 15 years honey who knows how i'm gonna change how he's gonna change what cute little thing is gonna come popping around and i'm busy worrying about my damn self showing some attention you know i'm not saying that he would ever that he ever would and i'm not actually not even saying that if he did he's a bad person a bad husband a bad anything but now i'm to the realization that i actually care so deeply about this person about having him as my friend that I cannot say 
that I would be like, oh, hell no. I don't know. I, I truly do not know. And when people bash Beyonce or Snoop's wife, I'm like, first of all, you don't even have a man. Um, second of all, <laughs> you don't know what it's like to feel this deeply about someone. And people have arrangements. You don't know anything about their arrangements, okay? Especially when there's a lot of money involved and a lot of contractual agreements beyond just like, do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? I mean, and you know, I'm a, my husband and I are in an open, on and off open relationship. So that completely changes what is cheating even. It's more about being honest. Honesty. Just like you said, Beyonce is not Becky. Like Beyonce, she's like signed to Rock Nation. Right? Like that's her management company. This is her business partner and he has been for 20 years. This is the mother or the father of her kid at the time. This is her almost billionaire. She know where he headed. Who's she gonna be with? Who is she gonna go to next? I don't know. At one point I would have said Brad Pitt, but I feel like he's kind of, I, he's, he's kind of getting back to his roots as just like just a regular guy. He doesn't have to be a superhuman anymore because he's not with Angelina. I do wonder, I do wonder um, with Beyonce if, you know, she says if it happens again, she's, he would lose his wife. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, would he? I'm curious, you know, but how does she know that? I mean, that does feel like such a definite statement. Like who knows what kind of arrangement they have? We don't know. She might be a lesbian. We don't know. Girl, hold on now. Really? She might be. I don't think, I don't know about that. See, this, this is. I'm just saying, you have to, you have to allow for, we don't know people's inner lives. Yeah, we, 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 we know what they choose to show us. And that's what's so interesting to me about celebrity is what we see is what they've chosen to show us. What have they yeah. crafted? And there's people who are master crafters. And then there's people who are just sloppy. I mean, I can hardly get out of the house to walk the dogs around the block every day. I can't imagine having to be in the public eye constantly. Just the vibes. The vibes must be fatiguing. You know what? I've used to be thinking about, like, there are people I meet like you and say the vibes, like my husband, very driven, wants to be super successful, but the vibes get to him, you know? The vibes. You got to get back home quickly to retreat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone has their, their way of navigating that. Some people go out more and they expand more and they consume more and they socialize more. And some people have to go hide and recharge. Speaking of hiding, speaking of walking your dog and just being out, we both live in LA. They're talking about opening up July the 4th. Will you be going outside? Well, 4th of July is my least favorite holiday of all time. I I don't know how many 4th of Julys you spent here, but it's a war zone. Every dog in the city is terrified and traumatized because there are so many fireworks. If you get up on a roof, it looks like a battle zone from 1875. It's ridiculous. So... I usually avoid people at all costs on that day anyway. Mm -hmm. That's definitely going to be the last day that I would ever want to try to venture out to the beach or anywhere. I don't want things to open up again. I know that sounds bad, but I'm scared. I know. Guess what? Me either. I fucking love it here. Why do you love it so much? No, girl, you can cuss. (laughs) Um, Why do I love it so much? Because I need a lot of 
time alone, a lot of downtime. And cause I'm a writer, I'm a yes. writer. And the only way you write is if you are uninterrupted. So mm-hmm. you can only distract yourself. I can only distract myself for so long. Also like there's trees, it's, I'm by the park. Like it's pretty, it's quiet. This is what I would choose to do if I wasn't in quarantine. <sighs> Selfishly, I will admit this right now on the podcast. I love being inside so much. I feel like the world is slowing down so that I can make progress. And I feel like that is very selfish because there are a lot of people who aren't making progress or feel like they aren't right now. And because I feel like I am, I like the way things are exactly right now. There are a lot of people in in a crap situation right now. I mean, mine's not perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a freelancer, so it's been on and off. Yeah. It's a little scary, but... I want to receive the gift here. So I'm going to revel in it. Revel in it, y'all. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I know it's getting good. Um, When we come back, we're going to step into the Keep It Real corner, y'all. We're going to give advice to someone who suspects their husband of cheating, which is kind of like something we kind of already been talking about. But let's get into the Keep It Real corner when we come back. Welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations, a podcast where I have intimate conversations with women of color on my couch. I'm here with Alicia Westerman, and we are now in the Keep It Real corner. Alicia, are you ready to give some advice? I love giving advice, especially when people take it. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I feel the exact same way, girl. Um, Okay, this person wrote in on my Instagram, actually, and I don't think it's them. I think it's for their friend, but they said... I got suspicious of my husband cheating, so I started searching his text messages on the computer. I scrolled through his messages and I kept going down until I found pictures on multiple numbers. He was asking girls if they were shaved and asking them to send pics. I confronted him and he told me that this was a porn site that you had to pay to chat with women. He liked to see how many nudes he could get for free and masturbate to them. I don't know how to feel about this. Advice? First, I would ask, how do you feel? Without anybody telling you how to feel, Mm. how do you actually feel? Are you really bothered? Are you turned on, maybe? I don't know. Hey. You know, before deciding this is a disaster, how do you feel? Yeah. I think it's so important to, you have to, or I have to, let me speak for myself. I have to remind myself, how do I feel about this and not how others expect me to feel about this? You know, right now it's just between you guys. So nobody's watching. This is y'all's marriage. Yeah, but you know what? The different feelings that come up from it could be very interesting. And the different ways you choose to explore this could also be interesting. I wouldn't assume he's lying because that sounds like a kind of a video game (laughs) that some guy would play. Like, how many can I get for free? And, you know, the fact that there's so many from different numbers that it's just like it seems like he kind of gamified it in his head yeah I mean is she bothered that it's porn is she bothered that you know what is it that she is wondering if she should be bothered by I think if it was me the first thing I would think is um first of all why am I going through your phone yes because that's a little like uh you don't trust 
what he's got going on. Right. You scrolled all the way down. You you were going to keep look. That sounds like you were always going to be looking until you found something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And exactly like when was this? Did he stop? It sounds old. It sounds like Craigslist era. You like, know, <laughs> all the way down at the bottom. She's like, search. she's like searching for the term pussy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Picks, nudes. She's searching for all those terms, honey. Like, and then after you find it, you know, my next question would be, what kind of pictures are they? Because <laughs> I'm curious, what do you like for real without me around? <laughs> right. right. I know when people have the freedom to explore their curiosities and desires, like yeah. she might look at it and be like, oh, mine looks better than all these, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know? Or, you know, you might look at it and be like, these are men. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cause that would intrigue me. And then you just kind of got to go from there. It seems like the important thing is to have an honest conversation with him and come to some understandings moving forward, whatever those understandings or agreements may be. If she found the pics and she's genuinely upset about it, she doesn't like it. I think you should clearly communicate how it makes you feel and then talk about what is it that you need from these. Like, if you don't like him watching porn, I kind of feel like, girl, everybody be watching that. Like, you kind of got to a little bit get over that. But if you don't like it, you know, sent to his phone, if you don't like how personal it feels, think about ways that you can be flexible to kind of maybe satisfy that itch for him. Maybe you can send him nudes. Maybe he can text you and, and request nudes and then every little bit he gets a peek and maybe he has to pay you. I don't know. You know, like something like that. That would be fun. And then it's a little vacation fund. Yeah, you know, or maybe it's maybe it's money for you to go out and buy some different lingerie for him. You know, maybe turn it into a little fetish game, girl. Like It doesn't sound like she's dead set on being upset. Sounds like she's wanting to feel differently about it. You think so? I'm not sure how to feel. I mean, she says, I'm not sure how to feel. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. She's not like, how do I dump or should I dump him? Okay, you're right. And the other thing I'll focus on that too, the I got suspicious of my husband cheating and texting a porn site to me is a little bit different. So there might be some other things going on. So you might want to sit down and see if you can get some honesty about that. Two separate things. Yeah, two separate Especially things. If she scrolled all the way down, did your suspicions really have to do with what was going on with the Punani pics or is it something else? Now we are getting to the real tea. Yeah. yeah. So that's our advice. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Alicia, tell us what you have going on right now. How can we keep up with you, especially now that we have nothing but time to explore the internet, explore your music. Tell us what you have going on. Sure. Well, um, you can always find me on Instagram at gowesterman.com. My website, LeishaWesterman.com, currently has my music, but I'm in the process of revamping everything to bring forth more of who I am. So that has to do with my writing and my performance. So I'm really excited. Um, I have that cooking right now. I'm working with someone to customize my Squarespace site, which I usually do myself. 
Nice. But I'm, I'm doing it in exchange for helping her with copywriting. So yes, pretty soon my website will show a broader range of what I do um, because I'm, I'm looking for broader opportunities. I, wanna, I want songwriting gigs. I want yes. different kinds of opportunities. So I want to show more of who I am. Yes. And it's so Pisces of you to have your hands in multiple things, to see to see a woman say, I don't just do one thing and I'm not going to, um, I'm creative in multiple ways, which really inspires me. And I will say you inspired me to do this podcast. It's because of the conversations we had, girl. Yes. Our five hour conversations. <laughs> yes. Our scene study. Our scene study. When we really just talking about our whole lives, our childhood, our adulthood, marriage, womanhood, blackness, everything. Hair, makeup. <laughs> So I appreciate you so much for that. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on the platform you're listening to us on right now. If you loved Colored Couch Conversations, make sure to tell someone about the show. Do not be selfish. You can follow us on Instagram at Colored Couch Conversations and watch the show on my YouTube. And that's Comedian Jasmine W on YouTube, spelled J-A-Z-M-Y-N. Thanks to my dad. Shout out to him. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much, Alicia. Thanks for having me. Loved having you, girl. (laughs) 